the Public News Service Daily Newscast, July the 5th, 2022. I'm Mike Clifford. Coming off a string of controversial opinions, the Supreme Court has agreed to hear arguments in a case tied to oversight of federal elections. That has pro-democracy groups concerned. The case stems from North Carolina, where Republicans want a ruling from that state's high court tossed out. It had to do with a map of political boundaries drawn by the GOP that opponents say was gerrymandered. Anastasia Belladonna Carrera of the nonpartisan Common Cause Minnesota says even though that case involves redistricting, there are broader implications as these Republicans seek to diminish the role of state constitutions in elections. Mail-in ballot deadlines can be impacted. Election schedules and processes are impacted by this. She says while Minnesota has enjoyed strong voter access policies, along with high turnout in elections, there are some conservative lawmakers here who have pushed for restrictive laws. The current balance of power in state government has prevented such proposals from advancing. I'm Mike Moen. Community health centers are calling on state and federal lawmakers for added protections against drug manufacturers for drastically cutting them out of a federal drug discount program. The 340B drug pricing program allows health centers to purchase outpatient medication at reduced costs, so they can then provide it to a greater reach of patients while drug companies get reimbursed. But in the past two years, those drug producers and third-party prescription drug benefit managers have been restricting centers threatening their financial stability. A survey by the National Association of Community Health Centers shows more than half of their patients would go without needed medication medications including insulin for diabetes patients and inhalers for children with asthma if they are cut out of the program. Ben Browning is with the Florida Association of Community Health Centers. These contract arrangements are really the lifeblood. They are the lifeline for a lot of the patients that may not otherwise have ex- access to these reduced uh, reduced costs, reduced price medications. But Pharma, the lobbying arm of the drug manufacturing industry, says the program needs to change, claiming there is little to no evidence that patients are benefiting. They are also calling for centers to share data in an effort to tamp down on potential fraud and abuse in the system. I'm Tramel Gomes. Now, ABC News reports a 22-year-old person of interest has been apprehended in connection with the mass shooting Monday at a 4th of July parade in Chicago in the suburb of Highland Park. ABC says six people were killed and about 24 others were seriously hurt in the shooting. This is PNS. A new law in Albuquerque will soon prohibit landlords from refusing to rent to people based on their source of income. The ordinance is designed to help low-income seniors, people with disabilities, and those experiencing homelessness find safe and stable housing. Supporters of the new ordinance, set to take effect in September, say many of the city's most vulnerable residents have been turned away by landlords when they offer a Section 8 voucher or other public subsidy to pay rent. Assistant City Attorney Tori Jacobus says, like many other communities, Albuquerque has a housing and homelessness crisis. Housing vouchers have been proven to be one of the ways in which people are able to either leave homelessness or prevent homelessness and maintain stable housing. I'm Roz Brown. 
Prior to the passage of the ordinance, a survey of 176 landlords by Albuquerque Healthcare for the homeless found 65% refused to take housing vouchers. The futures of tourism, wildlife, and ranching in Mono County are now at the mercy of the L.A. Department of Water and Power. That's according to environmental groups, now that a court has upheld the agency's authority to cut irrigation water. For about a 100 years, the agency has leased its land and provided water for ranchers to graze cattle in Long Valley and Little Round Valley. But Wendy Schneider, with the nonprofit Friends of the Inyo, says the damage from allowing less water to irrigate these valleys would be widespread. We are talking about taking away the scenic value and the recreational value of a large portion of the county. Also, this area is really important for the survival of the bi-state sage-grouse population. I'm Suzanne Potter. A trial court initially sided with Mono County and the Sierra Club, but the appeals court partially reversed that decision on Thursday. Finally, Eric Kadoff lets us know that Oregon's estuaries, wetlands where the ocean meets rivers and streams, are a rich habitat for wildlife. And they even store carbon from the atmosphere to help fight climate change. But the state's plans to manage them are now decades old. That's why Oregon is setting out to update them. The Oregon Department of Land Conservation and Development is piloting this revision project with the Yaquina River Estuary Management Plan. Katie Ryan heads the Wetlands Conservancy, which is part of the update project on the Yaquina River. These estuary management plans are outdated, and they just don't take into account the current challenges that land managers have in these estuaries. Oregon's estuary plans were developed in the 1980s. However, some vital elements were left out of the original process, including the involvement of tribal nations. This is Mike Clifford for Public News Service, member and listener supported on interesting radio stations, your favorite podcast platform, and find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.